Hey, how you guys doing? This is producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Podcast, Season 5, Episode 4 of the Marvel Hacks. As we go through some books and some other comic book news of the day, on the line I have my two favorite Marvel Hacks. Now wait, it is February the 9th. Uh, we're going celebrating Black History Month. <laughs> and Yeah, oh no, I didn't forget, it's in the notes. In celebration of Black History Month, uh, we do have our one um, affirmative action hire at Brothers Comics. Um, <laughs> that's Brother Beavis. So for the continuation of this month, he is allowed to go first in any, any and all uh, uh, debates and talks. So Brother Beavis, say what's happening. I prefer token white guy to affirmative action. Okay, token white guy works. Hey, hey, whatever works. Whatever works for you, man. This is, this is your month. Uh, also on the line today. I, did, I uh, thought it was everything but my month. What? I'm, I'm, no, no, no. Well, see, they done took your see, month see, too. No. no, well, no. Here's how it works. And in these predominantly uh, white environments that we work in, <laughs> then they give it to the month to us. You are working in a predominantly black environment, so like by the laws of inversion, everything's all flipped around. This bizarro world um, um, brothers comics during this. And see, so. you wonder why anyway. white people slip up. This is these rules are complicated. These <laughs> are complicated rules. You're right. Yeah. Also on the line tonight is the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Uh, hello from the back of the bus. How y'all doing up there? Yes. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, have fun back yeah. there. Just for a month, man. It's back to normal. In the back. Uh, we uh, reset the world, <laughs> spin it in reverse. Yeah. So, yeah, so we got uh, a few books tonight. We're going to wind up getting an unintentional review for an X-Men book uh, <laughs> that Brother Beavis read by mistake. Um, and then we got a couple of other X-Men books as well. Uh, that's on the back half of the podcast. And then in the front half, we have our DC book, which we're going to rip to bloody shreds. And... Um, and then a relaunch of a, a book in Daredevil that we're going to get to in a minute. But all right. But before we get to all that, it's blurred notes. Hold on. Let me hit my music. So as the blurred note sounder brings us in, we have um, five topics. I give them the letter, spell out the word blurred. I'll give them a letter that's uh, a word that starts with that particular letter. And we kind of discuss the topics around the table. Um, letter B. Uh, is for bitch as in bitch please uh, lauded comic book fan Kevin Smith uh, said on Twitter today or on his podcast I think the fat man podcast he said that Tom Cruise should be the new Wolverine um, <laughs> no that's basically it no I'm sorry <laughs> so uh, brother Beavis Tom Cruise as the grizzled uh, new Wolverine he said it would make billions brother Beavis uh, it, yeah no Tom Cruise is good at one thing these days. That's making Mission Impossible movies that nobody wants to see. Well, that nobody like really wants to see, but they're strangely compelled to go spend money on. That then allows him to do whatever else he wants to do. Yeah, he no. I mean, it, I'm sure he was one of the people thrown out back in the day, but at this point, no. Just just no. He is short enough for it. That's the one thing he has going for him. <laughs> yeah, he does. He have has that the going. stature for Wolverine, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think overall Wolverine is just tricky for that franchise because you you know you they're trying to make a, a team book and story, but you just you're always going to be dominated by him. So it, that's tricky, and I think it would make it even worse to bring in like a quote unquote megastar like Tom Cruise into that mix. The funny thing is, is that um, Hugh Jackman 
I think he just turned 50, 51 or whatever. He turned away from it because, again, you know, getting jacked like that or whatever, you know, it's a lot on your body. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise got at least five years on Hugh Jackman. And um, I just don't, I mean, I don't, any, uh, somebody's spouse on this podcast said um, Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise only makes things worse. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not saying whose spouse said it, but somebody's spouse said it on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, and she's not wrong. Uh, Sandman, uh, Wolverine, as Tom Cruise as Wolverine. Look, I, I like Kevin Smith. I, I like, uh, I listen to his podcast. I watch his videos a lot and stuff. He's a devoted comic book guy, and he's done a, a Usually he has a very good opinion about things. This topic is not one of them, because, and, motherfucker, stay off the <laughs> weed. Yeah, that is fucking stupid. Yeah, um, stay off the stay weed. Stay off man. the weed. And he is an avid smoker of the leaf. And um, and this is just yes, and he that's just crazy. I don't know what he was going for with that. That is insane. I'm sorry. Yeah, he must. Yeah, he must have smoked some really good stuff ahead of making that kind of proclamation. Yeah, and he, he has different takes, or he has wild takes on bit, like kind of modern comic yeah. book movies and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, I kind of wish they would stop pushing a microphone in front that's of the what I'm saying. because, um, yeah, he's he's really kind of. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I. I don't know that he's the insider that he thinks he is anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think he falls in line behind like a lot of mainstream stuff that really sucks. Like he, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he will explain to you why a comic book movie, which really was awful, like you should actually like because I don't know if it's like his friends are in it or what, or he was on weed when he watched it. But yeah, he, <laughs> his takes are not great. <laughs> That's the truth. Have you ever watched Logan <laughs> on weed? Uh, so. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible movie. Uh, once again, if you are a if you liked Logan movie, uh, whatever, and you should really not listen to this podcast because you're not going to agree with anything that we have to say. We're, I, mean, we're I, I don't want to turn away listeners, but golly, that's a bad movie. Woo, that's a bad movie. And we're not edgy it. enough. Uh, it's not an edgy enough podcast. Yeah. They've made worse. Fans. That's what I've it is, seen, I guess. I've seen worse. Yeah, that, no, that's true. I mean, again, it's the best of the Wolverine movies. Oh, easily. But, again, but that's, that's not saying anything. Not so. saying much at all. Yeah. yeah, it's not saying much. All right. Yeah, all right. Stay off the weed, Kev. All right, letter L, y'all. Um, oh, it's, before I skip there, there's a side brother topic on there. Uh, it did say, there was an article that came out that said Kevin Feige is going to take over the, the Fox properties and that Disney is looking to recast Wolverine. Uh, I, I, I'm going to share this opinion and I, don't, and I will put that around the table because I don't want to go like, oh, you know, fan casting or whatever because I think that's dumb. But do you think that Disney would have the stones, the testicular fortitude to <laughs> just go ahead and do X-23 instead of casting, you know, fill in the blank white dude to play Wolverine, Brother Beavis? Um... <sighs> I, I tend to think no, but by the same token, I almost wish they would, for the reasons I just yeah. kind of stated. Like, he, right. he, that, that's going to bring that character. You can get all the storylines and beats that you would otherwise get, but it's not going to be just a temptation to overpower the rest of the team. But I, I don't know. Like they've, it seems like in some cases they've been willing to go that that route. But probably not in a big budget production, would be my guess. Sandman. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, generally, the um, it causes so many problems if you try to bring X twenty three, yeah, X twenty three in before um, Wolverine and hell, not just him, all these other um, um, what's the project? Just Weapon X, um, that Weapon X project and all the yeah, it would just cause honey badger. Yeah, oh god, don't even mention that name. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just it, it's it. Kevin Feige usually does things in a logical manner for uh, for the most part in the MCU, yeah. and I just don't think they're going to do that. And I would, my opinion is, I would uh, allow for like a cooling off period for the at least for Wolverine for a while. I would go with the original X Men and um, build it up slowly. That's one of the reasons the Avengers was such a success because they took their time and built it up. So you got to know the characters and, you, and they introduced them properly, you know and so we had a vested interest in them when it came time for the big movies and stuff. So uh, all these other yeah. all these other movie studios don't seem to want to do that, and that's one of the reasons most of them fail. So yeah, yeah. It'll be curious to see what they do. I just I think they married themselves to air quotation the Wolverine character so hard that I don't know if they could shift. Even though the character was introduced in another movie, I don't know that they could shift to a woman Wolverine character without alienating, you know, again, the whole comics gate crew or whatever of people that would bitch and say they're not going to see the movie but still buy the tickets three months in advance. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, but I don't think they have the testicular fortitude to do it. Um, even, and I agree with you, Brother Rebus. I, I would kind of prefer it because then it doesn't paint you in the corner of making Wolverine the star of your movies. And um, you might be able to tell a better story that's not Wolverine focused. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Letter L. Uh, L is for uh, uh, left as an exit, stage left. Ben Affleck is officially out as Batman and the DC Cinematic Universe. Um, there's been all kinds of rumors of casting. Allegedly, Jon Snow might be up for the role. And I was like, man, they're going to need a lot of freaking camera angles <laughs> to hide his height. Um, and, like reverse and Hobbit effects to, to have him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, Robert Patterson uh, from oh. Twilight fame was the rumored one today that they were particularly or oh. potentially going to hire as Batman. So oh <laughs> around the room. Let's do it this way because both of those choices do nothing for me. But if I never saw another Batman movie, I would be perfectly okay. Um, so around the room, um, Affleck's Batman, good, bad, or indifferent, Brother Beavis. I think his. I, I I think I read this the other day, and I tend to agree with it. I think his Bruce Wayne was all right. I think his Batman was a little uh, a little hokey because he he bought into all the Christian Baleisms in the <laughs> suit um, that I think were no one's favorite part of those movies. So, but I would say in general, like if anybody needs a cooling off period. I'd say it's Batman as well. Man, for sure. Sandman? Um, for the most part, I'm surprised because when I remember back when he originally announced him, I thought it was the worst idea I've ever heard. And I was surprised at how much I actually liked his Batman. Um, his Bruce Wayne. Um, I didn't like the idea of the older Bruce Wayne at first, but I mean, it actually it wasn't bad when he actually... He's a good actor, you know, so he, he did a pretty uh, good job in it. And... Um, his Batman is a little bit hokey. The, the the damn voice almost takes you out of it sometimes. The uh, and yeah. the <laughs> the, Martha, the big the little mini Hulk. Um, 
yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, I liked him better than I thought I would. I'll say that. Uh, he's. Um, I don't know if I if, if I ranked the Batman if he would be two or three. I really have to think about it, but he did a pretty good job. So no okay. complaints. I think everybody's worst Batman is Clooney. I don't oh, think there's any debate about yeah. that, at least a return about that was, everybody's that worst is Clooney. Yeah. And yeah, and then I think the you know, the best everybody debates. A lot of people like Kilmer. I, I, like I the the movie is so bad, bad that, like yeah. yeah, that you can't get yeah, you just but he did okay, but you know, since he only got like a short run at it, you know, you know, I'd probably tend to lead more towards, you know, either Bale or uh, Michael Keaton. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm just so done with Batman. Like, I just don't ever want to see another Batman movie. I, again, him and somebody else's movie, I'd perfectly fine with. But if I never saw another Batman, so I'd be good. But I thought Affleck like, did okay. Like, for example, if he made a movie with Superman, you would be into that? Yeah. And maybe they were fighting each other. Yeah. That'd be something you get. Yeah, ooh, that would be interesting. Yes. <laughs> if they talked about a movie where Batman and Superman talked about their mom's mutual interest. Yeah. That would be interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I just. I, I, I've like got too much shit for it, but I thought he did okay. I don't, he, he, was fine. he got shit on just because he was Ben Affleck, exactly. essentially. Yeah, he was he, he, he came in a terrible time for that franchise in terms of like yeah. uh, creative direction, and so he was fine. Yeah, and he wasn't any of the problem with any of those movies. No. His role as Batman and uh, and Bruce Wayne was not the problem of, of any of those movies. No. All right. Um, letter E is for Endgame. Uh, according to the Russo brothers and reports this week that Avengers Endgame is running at a runtime of over three hours. Hmm. Uh, my initial response to that was, and? Uh, so uh, I'm, per- I'm perfectly fine with it, uh, but uh, there was talk that they might make it even a little bit longer, you know, and institute an intermission. Brother Beavis, three hours is good enough to conclude this ten-year saga. Yeah, I would be perfectly fine with that, and I think the idea of an intermission is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I do too. Uh, I mean, they. This is look. Uh, there is going to be no talk for me about my skepticism of, of their ability to handle a movie <laughs> at any scale of any characters of any length because uh, we had that conversation leading into the movie and boy yeah. were we wrong. We were so so wrong. they can do so whatever wrong. the fuck they want. As, uh, yeah, they want to have a 12 hour movie with no intermission. That's fine. <laughs> I'll wear a diaper. I don't care. I'm just... Not, yeah, know, exactly. Right. They've earned, they've earned the right to do whatever the fuck they want to do at this point. Pretty much. Yeah, uh, go back to uh, whatever season of the Marvel Hacks was about a year ago, literally at this time. Literally about a year ago this time. We were just like, man, oh no, man. Looks like some shit. Uh, and we yeah. were so wrong. And then like fast forward our podcast to about six weeks or eight weeks after that, and you could hear us fellace that movie. <laughs> um, <all those. laughs> it was terrible yeah. yeah we were oh my god all right sandman three hours I had infinity war world. all over my chest and in my face exactly. and everything yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. um yeah and i don't put I, that infinity war on my chest son. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, I, uh, yeah i don't give a damn if it's 15 hours at this point I, this is a culmination to all these damn movies yeah. they're finally going to end it and well, not the, the universe, but at least this line of story, which has been <laughs> going forever. Yeah. And um, 
I don't care. I'm interested. I'm a Marvel fan. I'm all in. I don't care how long it is. And if you can't if you can't hold your water, don't drink nothing before you go in the damn movie. That's how you do it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, side brother topic. Two, two of them actually. One, um, I'm forever like if we go to the movies or whatever. I am forever like you know what? Like it's before the trailer's going, I run in the bathroom and then I sit down. And I'm like you know what? I think I gotta tinkle one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that dude. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry, uh, excuse me. P paranoia. I am that dude. Okay, and two, yeah, it is paranoia. It totally is. Uh, side brother topic two is: Did y'all see the end game teaser during the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl game was a wash. Yeah. With yeah. no point in watching any of that crap. Yeah. But did you see the teaser? I did. During the yes, game it was. Yeah. Yeah, not much. I mean, what's not much to say other than you know? Okay. To the point. Not really. Like, yeah, I, uh, I still want to see it. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's basically it. Yeah, we're gonna get Captain Marvel here in like three or four weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm sure there'll be a, a, a trailer on there. In theory, you would imagine that it would be, and uh, so yeah, getting. Ex- uh, I'm, I'm not getting excited, but I'm getting excited. Uh, truth be told, I watched Infinity War last night on Netflix. So um, <laughs> I watched it Friday. Yeah. <laughs> my wife was laying, yeah. and my wife was laying up sick. I'm like, um, you sleep? Okay. (laughs) It's my go-to, you sleeping? I'm about to watch this movie, moving. So, all right, cool. Uh, R R is for ridiculous. Uh, It has been reported in the the rags this week that Zack Zack Snyder is going to produce James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. Now, remember, James Gunn directed both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and for some reason, they still got Zack Snyder involved somehow in their universe, and which is really weird that they're going to have Zack Snyder produce James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which is essentially a response to James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, well, I was, a, I was a mouthful. So, should Zack Snyder be anywhere near involved in their universe, Brother Beavis? Uh, I mean... No, I, the, I guess the short answer is no, because like, look, it didn't work. And I know he had to come off of the move. The he came out of Justice League midstream, right? And, yes. And so, and, I, and I'm not trying to make light of that, but like, look, that franchise is a mess, and they put him at the front of it. And now that they've got a little taste of success, at least financial success, with these movies, to go back to him. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, because it's not clear that anyone's really embraced his vision for these movies, which I'm sure is just, like, eminently ridiculous. But, <laughs> no, I mean, it, they do need somebody to helm these, and he's clearly not it. So I don't know why why you would bring him in at this point. Yeah. Just, like, it's like yeah. they just don't want to have that HR discussion with him. <laughs> like... Who's somebody's got to fire Zack Snyder? And they're like, oh, man. <laughs> like, but he's kind of cool. He's fun to hang out with. I don't want to fire him. Uh, I don't know. This, they just like keep giving him titles. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, the, the, hey, the, hey. That was the long answer. The short answer is no. And so, get prepared to see um, the Guardians of the, or the Suicide Squad walking in slow-mo. Oh, wait. They were oh, already yeah. doing that anyway. Yeah. I don't know what else he has to offer. Uh yeah, Sandman, Zack Snyder, still involved in DC Cinematic. I at this point, you just kind of like, okay, okay, DC, it really is all your fault now. 
we well, <laughs> we told you how how many more fucking clues do you need that this man needs to be as far away from your franchise as humanly possible because he is just not a good uh, movie maker when it comes to cohesion and leading a universe is the, is the worst possible choice I always thought and unfortunately you proved me right you know I was hoping it would be better uh, or be good period and ugh, the man is just not who you need to be in front of your movie um, he needs to make small smaller movies and stuff this is way too big around and um, no I think he can make those big movies it just doesn't need to be involved with DC I mean you know everybody I mean I wasn't as big a fan of 300 and some of his other it stuff and that okay. other movie with the, the visuals are okay those, there's a lot that movie has yeah, a lot of problems the, too though yeah, with the, what's that movie with the girls? That it, it spawned a lot uh, of um, punch, great the, the, cosplay. The yeah, Sucker Punch, that right? whoever, terrible. baby girl or baby doll oh, or whatever. Like that's great. Like I love the cosplay that it inspired. Visually. But that is an ass off. Exactly. He's visually God, great. Right, that's a terrible. Movie. He's visually great, but he is not a good director when it comes to uh, plot cohesion, no, story flow, storytelling. No. It's that's not what he does. He should be a. Uh, visual uh, but that's, director, but that's yeah, slow mo. Yeah, that's it. That's slow mo. Yeah, <laughs> but that's slow mo though. <laughs> that's slow mo. All right. Yeah. yeah exactly. All right. Good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand why they would even have him involved in anything. I don't even know why he would want to be involved at this point too, because I mean everybody's kind of shit on his vision, and then there's this idea that there's a better cut. Yeah, there's the Batman versus Superman Snyder cut. Now there's supposedly a Justice League cut. I'm like, no, I don't yeah, care. Only, the, only heart of DC fans believe that. They should just... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just bury it and like just call, write it off as a loss. All right, D is for... Um, I had two of them, um, but I'm going to use the one since we're kind of shitting on DC and we're about to go into last day one. So let's go with this. As in so you're saying a you said you have two of them. Are you saying you have D's? Yeah, these <laughs> Yes, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Set that up. Um, yeah, um, d uh, it says don't, as in uh, it was reported uh, yesterday that uh, DC is not going to greenlight a Aquaman 2. They're actually going to try to rush a movie about the trench. <laughs> oh, <Okay. God. laughs> I can barely get it out. <laughs> They're going to make a movie about the trench uh, and the characters that live in the trench. With, assuming without Aquaman, and so a movie about some creatures that live underwater with no apparent heroes to fight or battle them, Brother Beavis. What in the entire world, DC Cinematic? <laughs> they should count that billion dollars and consider them lucky and just yeah. <laughs> not dump any more money into that hole. And if they make a good, if they make a good sequel to Aquaman 2 if they make a, a decent Aquaman 2 it would be a miracle in and of itself let alone to do something <laughs> ridiculous like that keep that money in the bank uh, invest in savings bonds or diversify your bonds or whatever you need to do just just take that money and run don't try and go Got back to, to the trash that's a <laughs> yeah um, yeah I I, I, I I read that, and honestly, I was it was up early in the morning. I was reading on my tablet, and I was like, is this thing broke? Before I just read something. About <laughs> the internet break. About the <laughs> yeah, just something happened. Let me tap it on the thing like Fonzie. Is them Russian trolls right? I heard about? Yeah, exactly. Did I hit the, am I on the dark web? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's uh, that's just a, that's just a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. I'm saying, man, it, there's there is no redeem. You have to say it out loud sometimes. Y'all are trying to do a spinoff of Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. Apparently, they got a hold of Kevin Sweet, Kevin Weed, uh, Kevin Weed, Kevin uh, Smith Weed. And smoking that shit with him because this is the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. I mean, they already got they already yeah. got lucky once, and now they're trying to go back to the well again. I mean, I mean, yeah, I expect them to make another Aquaman because yeah. that's the one they've actually been successful. But this, come on, man, just stop being stupid, y'all. I mean, what are y'all doing? I mean, <laughs> do, you the, hate, do you hate money? The funny thing is, they have a yeah. But the funny thing is, they have a whole ass movie coming out for Shazam here in about a month as well. And you, I haven't seen Diddly Poo for Shazam. I'm being honest with you. I haven't seen like another trailer. I haven't seen any TV spots. I mean, I don't know what the marketing plan is for Shazam. Because if you're marketing it on Chuck or Zach Levy or whatever, <laughs> y'all are in trouble. Because nobody knows who that dude is. I barely knew who so, was. Uh, good luck. I just, yeah, I just saw something that they're like, oh, well, there might be a potential spinoff thing. You know, for the Black Adam rock movie or whatever inside Shazam, I was like, first off, y'all should not make a Black Adam movie with The Rock because he's going to be he's a cool heel. He's going to be more popular. The People hero. are going to be cheering for him to beat up Shazam. Exactly. Yeah, you can't do it. People won't cheer against The Rock. It's just not humanly possible at this point because he's just so over. So mm -hmm. rest in turn. So I, I just don't understand. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, DC, um, do something else, man. Like, that's not a good idea. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, any of y'all excited or potentially actually going to go to the movie theaters to see Shazam? No. Yeah. Crickets. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm not going to say okay. yes. I'm no, thinking I'm, about it. I don't know yet. Maybe. Maybe. I'm saying no. Hell, after reading that comic, that's the best I can after do. reading that comic book two weeks ago, I was like, I don't. Yeah. yeah. After reading that comic book two weeks ago, I was like, I don't know if I like this character at all. I don't know. So, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's probably all right. a note. All right. Yeah. All right. So that concludes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That concludes blurred notes. Um, let's get into these damn books. Uh, hold on. Let me hit my music. Oh, no, there is no music for this. Yeah. All right, so the first book we get up here is That's Day One uh, for our DC book. Uh, Brother Beavis takes a sabbatical here as we go over this. But don't go too far, man, because whew, this is going to be quick <laughs> and to the point. Fucking dirty. Uh, we had been going – well, we had been debating, like, which book we were going to do this week. And I thought about going back to Heroes in Crisis. I went back and I read the, the two books that had come out since the last time we had done the podcast or since the last time we had talked about it. It's still terrible. And it would have just been me running down this what the book and, you know, for, you know, five or ten minutes or whatever. And I was like, you know what? Justice League is starting a new, like, thing. We reviewed Justice League number one on here and season maybe two. And so now they're at issue 17. I was like, you know what? Let's review this and, you know, see what's going on, you know, back with the Justice League or whatever. This was another terrible decision by me. Um, <laughs> it, I, I should have gone back to Heroes in Crisis because... I, I, I don't even know. I know Sandman read this as well. Uh, I don't know what the backstory is. For some reason, Martian Manhunter and Lex Luthor are on a planet, and um, they're being traced by some uh, dragons that feed off of psychic energy or whatever. Negative and essentially, and I'm yeah. going to wrap this up. Yeah. yeah. 
And I'm going to wrap this up quickly because Martian Manhunter, you know, all his people are dead. But sometimes he goes back to Mars and he does this the shenane. I'm going to call it shenane. I don't think that's what it was called. But when I read it, it looked like shenane yeah, to me. So he does the shenane thing. Yeah. yeah, he does the shenane dance. And he's able to connect with his old memories of things that happened on Mars when people was alive. But then the shenane brings out um, the dragons. And the dragons, you know, feed off the shenane emotions. And then he had brought that little starfish thing to suppress the emotions. But then Lex Luthor killed the starfish thing. So the, sh the dragons was chasing them after they did the shenane. But then the whole backstory was essentially Lex Luthor and Martian Manhunter been knowing each other since they were shorties and kids. And, you know, he helped Martian Manhunter escape, like, when he was captive by, uh, like, Lex Luthor's father. He was captive by his father or whatever. And uh, so Lex Luthor and him is buddies from, like, back in the, in the neighborhood or whatever. That's basically it. So tell me if I missed something, Sammy. You got the gist of it, yeah. That's uh, as we were talking about uh, before I uh, before we started the podcast. I fell asleep watching it, watching, reading this, and, and that ought to tell you everything you need to know yeah. about it. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, and at the end, I was like, "Wow, that was pointless." It's <laughs> <laughs> just completely pointless. Yeah. yeah, it's. I don't know what the hell they were trying to do with this. Yeah, and just. Yeah, it's just I, I, at, at, at a point I was like, like, maybe I guess I got to go back and see why they were on this planet. But I was like, I ain't got that kind of time in my life or interest to go back and read whatever led to this point. Yeah, or interest. I mean, this was like, all right, it's a starting, you know, a new chapter or whatever, Justice League or whatever. I'm like, all right, you don't get any of the like Justice League heroes. It's literally these two on a planet with dragons and Shanene <laughs> and getting chased by dragons and. Um, and flashing back to a time when they was kids and, you know, he had like the, and you know, he could speak, Lex could like speak words onto his t-shirt, like, you know, like he got it at Daytona Beach or something and had some words on it. Every time he wanted to talk to Martian Manhunter, it'd be like, oh, you know, cool or purple or whatever the hell it would say. Oh my God, it was so bad. I'm like, what in the world is this? And this is like Scott Snyder. I mean, he's a good writer. I just, no, yeah. that's basically it, y'all. If y'all like Justice League. Go right ahead and go read it. If you want to send me a message and explain to me what happened, keep that shit to three to four paragraphs because I ain't got much more time than that to understand this. So, uh, no. Thumbs down. Say, uh, Sandman. Uh, two thumbs down. Hell, two toes down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awful. Two toes. <laughs> yeah. Awful. This is terrible. This is terrible. Uh, I, man, it's terrible. Look, that book was so bad, it made me want to go back and read Crisis. Heroes in Crisis. Oh, wow. That's how bad That's it was. Bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how bad it was. It made me go want to go read that book, which is so, so awful. It's so awful. Oh, my God. I don't know what DC was thinking. I have never, I have not seen one person online that was like, oh, you know what? That Heroes in Crisis is pretty. Nope. No, no it's not. Don't lie to people. Everybody's it's terrible. Yeah. Nope. That's awful. Good to know. All right. All right. Make it back in there, Brother Beavis, to get you the hot tag, uh, Hoot Gibson. Uh, we're coming <laughs> back in with um, Dare, Daredevil number one. Uh, a relaunch of this book. Now, we'll be perfectly honest. We haven't read what was happening with Daredevil up for this point. It was just the number one. We've been watching the Daredevil show on Netflix. Uh, I think generally, I know, Brother Beavis, you're a big fan of the character. 
I'm signing so so uh, comic book daredevil. Of the sh- the, uh, the Netflix uh, character. Like I don't read. I've never really read the book. I've always sort uh, okay. of looked at him I, as Spider-Man knockoff. Okay, so, uh, Sandman, are you a fan of the Daredevil, the comic book character? Then I'm putting words on people. Um, I, I'm pretty much in the same boat as Beavis. I've never really read the book itself, uh, strangely enough, uh, and um, I know, yeah, okay. most. I mean, I know of I it, read, I, but yeah, it was the TV show. I know more of than the comic book actually. I know the character. I just haven't read it. I remember reading the Kevin Smith run. I yeah, got I was that because I was a Kevin Smith Mark back in the day. But not since he we wants Tom were. Cruise to be Wolverine. We, me and him are done now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was going to say the only run of books I have is when Kevin Smith was on it. And can we talk about the shipping delays? Nah, let's not do that. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, let's not do that. Still waiting on a. Uh, uh, Spider-Man uh, Blue or whatever, number six. I think it still hadn't come out. Black Cat. Years later. Black Cat series. Or yeah, whatever. something like that. Yeah, it was awful. Um, all right. Stay off the weed, Kev. Anyway, um, so Daredevil number one uh, is by Zardaski and Chekto. I'm not sure who these people are. Uh, a beautifully drawn book. Uh, visually, okay. this is a very fun book uh, to look at. Uh, kind of funny with the blind dude or whatever. Uh, but it starts out in a bar daredevil is at the bar there's a, a lady there they shoot her from the back where you can see her like her tramp stamp and everything she's got tattoos all over and i'm not opposed to any of that by the way just <laughs> fyi and i um, didn't know i didn't notice yeah. the tramp stamp i noticed her arms oh yeah i was giving her yeah, respect of not immediately yeah. looking at her butt <laughs> <laughs> when she's sitting on the bar stool so Daredevil comes in, and he's not on his pimp game or whatever. He just comes in, and he you know, starts chatting her up, and they're having this conversation. And then he realizes that you know, he's taking some pills because he's in pain. Now, it, it's alluded to in the book that he had had an accident of some sort, and he hadn't been Daredevil for a while. And, uh, and he's got some pills. She's like, hey, can I get some of them pills? He's like, oh, that would be illegal with a kind of a shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> she asks him what time it is. He's like, oh, you can't see. I'm blind. He ain't got no glasses on and no sticks. So how the hell is she? I, and I want to come back to that point here in a minute. Go ahead. No, I, I'm just let's remember that he, like, made a point of asking what time it was so that she would have to recognize he was blind. I just want to. Mm. I just want to put a marker on that for future for future topic. <laughs> but since I since I brought the conversation to a halt, and since we did talk about Ben Affleck earlier, I have to say, like I like the Daredevil movie more than most people. But the whole sequence where after his first not particularly well choreographed or filmed fight, he goes back <laughs> into his alone palace. And he's like just chomping down painkillers in the shower, and then wakes up the next day and does all his blind stuff. That is a great sequence, and that I, I think yeah. Ben Affleck did way better in that as Matt Murdock. Again, like he's not a great superhero, but he's great at playing a superhero's secret identity. Yeah. All right. I, I and, and that movie too. Um, Literally at 19, was that, 98, maybe 2000 or whatever? That was literally the best Daredevil movie you could have made at that particular time. Probably. Like, I don't, you Probably. know, barring anything unforeseen, I think that was just about as good as you was going to get. It spawned a terrible sequel, so it couldn't have been that bad. Um, all right, so... <laughs> so we do get the flashbacks, and we do get the Catholic guilt, and, you know, we're flashbacks to where... Uh, 
little Maddie is there with his dad, and he had tried to steal, or he had tried to get back some kids' uh, baseball cards that some other kids stole. And the teacher, you know, the preacher's trying to tell him, you know, hey, you know, you went in there, you were seeking some sort of version of justice, but you, you know, to lay some Catholic guilt onto him or whatever. Uh, whatever. Let's get back to be- uh, Daredevil in them sheets. Uh, so Daredevil does Netflix and chill uh, with this lady that he met at the bar. I kind of, as it was going on, I was kind of, was do you think she was a like a lady of the evening or it was just a rando like at the bar, brother? Really? was like it. I think she was like, a rando. That, okay, because the conversation that they have, like as he's trying to get her out of his apartment was kind of like, you know, it just maybe kind of feels like, I don't know, was she like a working girl? I don't really know. But yeah, so here's he's the like, part oh. that I wanted to come back to because <laughs> she's like, uh, as soon as I realized you were blind, I was much more interested. And he's like, please don't make my disability your fetish. And I'd be like, well, <laughs> please don't use your disability to get ass, motherfucker. <laughs> you like, don't act like it was a mis- an accident that you were like, oh, what color is my watch? You know, that's bullshit. You were using that to get ass, and then as soon as she throws it back in your face, you're all like, don't, don't make me a freak. Shut, shut the fuck up. That's what I wanted to say. That was the that was the particular pin I wanted to put in that conversation. <laughs> if, your, if your go-to closing move at the bar is, hey, I'm blind, you can't come back to that and be like, yeah, you know, yeah. that really wasn't cool when you told me about that me being blind. Like, if you brought it up. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you look at your brown watch rather than bring it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you brought that shit up. I ain't bring it up. Um, yeah. But yes, they do have this. Yeah, they had this philosophical conversation. She's like, I'll call you or text you sometime. Oh, maybe I'll call you or whatever. Yeah, which led to that line. I mean, <laughs> I, like I said, overall, I thought the book. I, I thought the book played like a nice, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of an introductory level for if anybody's completely unfamiliar with Daredevil. But this is a totally good jumping on point. You know, he finally does get uh, back to being Daredevil. They put him in the red suit. He goes out. You know, you get a bunch of pages with no dialogue. Is it that he's, you know, flying through the streets like, is that Spider Man? Um, <laughs> <and, laughs> <laughs> you know what? That story's probably never been told on this podcast, and I'll make it a quick 15-minute version. Uh, the wife and I, three kids. This was three kids, so we went to go see Daredevil in the movie theater, and somebody, which is one of my pet peeves, somebody brought their child, who was way too young to be in that movie, uh, into Daredevil. And every time he was on the screen, the kids just kept shouting, Is that Spider-Man? Is that Spider-Man? Oh, wow. Wow, wow. It was terrible. Wow. I wanted to be like, is this a slap across your face? Shut up. I don't watch this movie. All right. So anyway, um, so yeah, we, we get a couple of flashback scenes after the, after the accident when he's blind. And, you know, God loves you. He's freaking turned into uh, Brother Love there. Uh, God loves you. He made you blind for a reason, and uh, you know that means you're blind. You can't stop sinning or whatever. But yeah, I'd like he gets to interject here sh- again. Uh, for anyone, like I think it's a pretty common refrain in any Spider-Man story in any media. We don't need to hear the Uncle Ben story again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Every story of Daredevil does not have to be about his accident with Flashbash and his connection to the Catholic yeah. Church. Like yeah. golly, yeah, right. it's yeah, like it is, okay, yeah, it's we got overkill. it, we got yeah, it. It is, and, overkill but here we are again. Point. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. Well, so when he does get back into the suit, uh, he's rusty. You know, as he's swinging through, is that Spider-Man? As he's swinging through the streets or whatever, he finally finds a robbery that he's going to bust up, and um, he really he rolls up on three jobbers. Wrestling term. He rolls up on three jobbers, and it should be a complete squash match. Wrestling term, and it's not. <laughs> like he starts beating them up. <laughs> he stops beating them but up. Swerve. The wrestling term. Starts, yeah, the jobber starts rolling twelves. Like after every turn, he's like all even more obscure wrestling term. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and he gets and he gets specials on all these things. And he starts getting beat up, but eventually he, you know, he does turn the tide and he takes them out or whatever. But not without cost. When he gets hit with the bottle, he gets jawed. I mean, he really takes like a little bit of a beating for you know yeah, it's, beating up some Sunday night wrestling folks. Yeah, it's three on one, so I mean, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it is, but it's Daredevil, yeah, it's Daredevil and, like and, jobbers. And they are jobbers, so yeah. So. yeah. Yep. Yeah, and the C plot of this is that the kingpin is the mayor. He's issued some sort of decree that uh, about super supers using their powers. Oh, yeah, and it's not. Um, on site. And so he sees this situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He sees the situation where Daredevil's got into this fight. He winds up uh, like as defeating these these jobbers. He winds up setting the city block on fire, and kingpin's very interested in that. And. Uh, when we, the, the cutaway scene is Daredevil all laid out, bloody on his bed, you know, waiting for, you know, that's the end of the issue or whatever. And, I mean, Brother Beavis, you said that you weren't a fan of it, like in the thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, thumbs up territory. What didn't you like? I mean, I think it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a well-made book, um, but it's, there's a couple things going against it. One, it's a retread because of all the rehashing of his origin. Two, it suffers from the thing that we always talk about in the X-Men, right? Like, everybody hates mutants. Well, everybody apparently yeah. also hates Daredevil. And, like, yeah. you know, there's... And we've talked about this with Spider-Man as well. Like, it reaches a point where, like, how bad can it be? And so, yeah. I think that, like, this... That here we are. This is just, like, that classic heaping pile on top of Daredevil. Um, you know, I just... It's... It, it's you know it's a different it's it's all the guilt all the it's just I, I don't know it's just it was as good as the book looks and as much of a new a new sort of era this is it's in my opinion a lot of things we've seen so many times before that's my biggest complaint about it no I get it yeah I mean having somebody again who hasn't read a Daredevil book since the Kevin Smith run for the most part I was just like oh this is all right you know like I said it looked really good I mean it kind of interesting in the story you're right about the re hashing of all the Catholic guilt and all that other stuff or whatever. But, I mean, you know, I mean, it was what it was. It's a good Daredevil comic book. That's basically what I got. So I'm, I'm probably thumbs. I'm probably thumbs up. I'm out, thumbs up. Sam, man, what you got? Thumbs up, thumbs down, yeah. thumb in the middle. Yeah, thumbs up. It was, um, I mean, it was basic. It was like whatever, like you said, we didn't know what he's been into. He kind of mentioned it briefly. When, um, I guess he was the mayor of New York at one time. I don't know when the hell that happened. Uh, yeah, I yeah. saw that. And, yeah, um, and Kingpin is the mayor now. now. Kingpin is, that the, is the mayor. Yeah, I'd like to see, uh, see what and, the. Um, and you didn't talk about the noble black police officer who looks suspiciously like Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Luke yes, Cage, he did. was noble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And random black guy that's yeah, whoever yeah, he is yelling yeah. at detectives. Right, random. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. So yeah. I mean, it, not. Yeah, Not a I ton happens, but yeah, it, it was fine. It was you know it was basically he was just trying to. He's rusty. He's trying to get back into 
the life as Daredevil, he clearly hasn't been doing it for a while. Uh, probably because he couldn't, because I think he was in the hospital or whatever uh, for a while. And it was basically a day in the life of Daredevil. And uh, so, if you're you know getting in on the ground floor, this is a decent one to get in on. And uh, had some very um, Daredevil TV sides to it. Him going to see yeah, his priest, the black costume, yeah, the black costume with the yeah, over, yeah. His, over his face. But not over his mouth, uh, yeah. so yeah, kind of drives me crazy when they do yeah. that. We haven't been a yeah, but, yeah, we have, yeah, we're not a big fan of that. Yeah, but typically the book is fine. I liked it. Yeah, I, it was alright. It was alright. Yeah, it's alright. Jump on book. It's yeah, if you want to jump on, that's fine. I, I like. I totally get it if that's something that you're into. All right, let's swing it over to uh, Captain America. Now, this is a book that we've been reviewing since I guess maybe season three. Um, uh, the Ta-Nehisi Coates relaunch, and actually before that, the Mark Wade ending before the Ta-Nehisi Coates relaunch. Uh, we're on issue, I think the last one we did maybe when issue four or five. Uh, we're gonna ish, review issue. I six think we did Saturday five. Night. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're just one issue or two issues behind now. So uh, Brother Beavis is on the lead on this. I've read them both, but I got most of my notes on seven. Yeah. So you asked me like what I thought about this series last week, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I it, it caught me off guard because I really hadn't uh, formed strong strong opinions about it. So I went back with the two new ones. I went back and read them from the beginning, and I think one of the issues is just the structure of the book. It's very visual. There's not a lot of dialogue, and a lot of it is Cap's inner monologue about ideals and stuff like that. It's like <clears throat> whenever you see like a Captain America fight in a thought box. You can just flip that page because he's in the in his feels about something America or whatever. Yeah. So, so the the bulk of the pages in the first five, like probably half of them are Cap in his feels fighting people. But the premise is, uh, you know, the thing that plays out over these stories is there's uh, there's this lady who has res- Alexa Lucian Luxon, who has resurrected her husband, who was Bucky's handler. And teamed up with Celine, but the resurrection—it um, turns out there's some connection between Alexander Luxon and the Red Skull. That was the 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 cliffhanger on issue five. So they're introducing him. They have these cutscenes where, like, sometimes he's Alexander. Sometimes, oh, by the way, I had to Wikipedia a lot during reading these books because I'm like, yeah. who is Alexander yeah, there were a couple Luxon? Words, so, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she meets up with Rasputin, who I was like, is that like history Rasputin? Is that another yeah, Colossus that brother too, or exactly. whatever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the story, a lot of the backstory plays out in issue six. But so basically he got killed, I think, by Sharon Carter and she was all upset. So she went to her sorcerer mentor and got the keys to the kingdom. And he told her about this pet cemetery behind the house where you could bury like your spouse in and it would come back but it would be different so she did that shit and he came back and i don't think she knows yet but he's the red skull um so then uh let me see what's the rest of the book about oh yeah so no wait yeah so the rest of the book is um the other big reveal of six is uh they don't show it but thunderbolt ross who was a pawn of this whole conspiracy to like prop up hydra in the crossover states uh or flyover states thunderbolt ross has been killed and they've implicated captain america and so 
that's the end of issue six, I believe. Nick Fury's in the mix, and they're asking him, uh, "Where? Uh, what? What is the line?" He says, "He says, uh, where were you? Uh, mm-hmm. Where were you last night?" And he was like, uh, "I was actually smashing Sharon Carter, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's none of your business." <laughs> so that was six. Did you, you said you didn't have any notes. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, um, I mean, I thought issue six was kind of filler, um, yeah. like uh, essentially this kind of telling this backstory of trying to get us to the point of where we are in issue seven. I mean, it literally is a, a gap book um, where not a whole heck of a lot goes on, especially with the lead character of the book. <laughs> it's like it is Captain America, but he doesn't make hardly any appearances in his own damn book. Uh, with all this stuff with Luke and whatever, I, mean, I didn't go back in Wikipedia. I was just kind of trying to piece it together from memories and like, oh, I don't know if I want to go back and find all this information out. But yeah, uh, I thought it was filler. Uh, seven, I think, is a whole lot better. But yeah, six, I thought was just filler. Sandman? Yeah, six, but about the same. Six is um, a whole lot of exposition. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this, is, this isn't great. But I mean, they're just moving the story along and then um yeah does cap even appear in six i don't even know if he does maybe in the last picture page just at the very the end very end. Yeah, exactly and uh seven is fine and you know he's cap being cap and then duke being noble is like well i have to turn myself in that's it and you know sharon doesn't want him to go doesn't want him to turn himself in but he's captain america he's always he's chaotically good he's going to do the right thing so and that, yeah. you know and that well that's a setup though yeah too. exactly she i mean she Planted like this. That's a setup. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a setup. So, yeah. Uh, jumping, I'll jump into seven here. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, I, I have a, I have a transition comment about six Go and ahead. seven, and it's a side, a little bit of a side topic. So, it was there's a I think in issue six or maybe somewhere on the long way he makes a comment that Sharon Carter is the woman he loves, and I with uh, the one thing that stuck with me from the the mark. One of the many things, really. But Marvel superheroes, I remember, like, on his card, he like they used to talk about his girlfriend, Bernie Rosenthal. And I was like, whatever happened to Bernie Rosenthal? And lo and behold, <laughs> issue seven, apparently she's a lawyer. Bernie Rosenthal appears in this episode. Yes. And, uh, yes. and, and, and Sharon goes right at her, like, yeah, he was with me last night. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. with yeah, me, yeah. with me. <laughs> so I was like, "Wow, that's some cosmic yeah. coincidence there." That is that is one hell of a callback, sir. Um, <laughs> holy cow! That is one hell of a callback. Uh, yeah, uh, Captain America Seven. My biggest note on there is that we get a new artist. I think one of the things that you had said when we talked about this last time was that you weren't a real big fan of was that Salvador yeah. Larocca. A little scratchy. Yeah, it's a little scratchy for me. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It was unclean. I thought it kind of fit a little bit, but we get Adam Kubert on the book now. And to be honest with you, when Sam and I were talking a little bit ahead of time, I was like, I, I don't. I thought the Kuberts were DC exclusive people now, or maybe one of them is, maybe one of them is, and I didn't really sure, you know, because I mean, it was a big deal when they both left for DC a couple of years. I ago. didn't even recognize but, it as him. Hmm. Yeah, I, it, it. Well, it was definitely you know different, obviously, than the previous dude. And I was like, oh, who's drawing pencils on there? So I was like, oh, Adam Cooper. How about that? So, um, yeah, I mean, the book is basically kind of set up in, you know, an A-B plot. And essentially the A plot is um, this gallo lady and what was that? Baron Van Strucker, uh, 
they're you know setting up this prison or whatever to have cap you know to capture him there and to bring him there and you know Strucker's running this private prison for enhanced individuals in space and then um, the B plot is all this information regarding what happened to uh, Thunderbolt Ross you know and who killed him or whatnot and uh, there's a funny line in there like well he was killed by disc like structure I'm like bitch I could have been a frisbee what the fuck you think it was a shield I cut through a, I cut through a plate at him what the fuck are you talking about exactly. how, I mean how do you figure out it was a, a disc like figure that I threw on him you know whatever man I could have threw a butterscotch at him you don't know I don't know it had to be a shield but um, yeah, it was just you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I thought the book was good. I, one of the things that I noticed continually since Tanahashi Coast has been on this book is about all the, um, you know, Cap is essentially like um, a part of the resistance or whatever against Trumpism. You know, a lot of the things that he says are against Trumpisms, or, or you know, are against things that this country has settled itself for. Now, like, there's a line in here. He's like, "How am I supposed to serve a country when I'm constantly opposing to, opposing it?" And he goes, "You know, this is the world that people have chosen. Like, who am I essentially to get in the way? Like, if this is what they want, this is what they get." And you know, I think there's this whole, you know, kind of undercurrent of the book, or where him, you know, kind of playing against today's American politics through Captain America. You know, and the book essentially is a whole bunch of plot boxes for him. You know, he does some dialogue, but, you know, the most dialogue he has is when he has when he sits down with his lawyer to talk about, you know, his defense. And are you going to turn yourself in? What are you going to do? And, you know, I mean, I mean, I thought the book was really good. You know, you don't really get a whole lot of action except for Bucky beating the crap out of some jobbers himself. Wrestling term. And, um, you know, and then the owl shows up just out of nowhere. And he's like, oh, yeah. you think you're so you think you're cool? You think you're good? You think you're whatever? Well, you you know, you're doing the same thing that I would have done. I was like, well, you that okay? Why is the owl here? Like this? I think that's just to remind you that, um, like, hey, if you don't like this, we can go back to Captain America's uh, villain roster. Sorry, ass. Yeah. For however long you want. So you're going to sit down and read this and like it, or you're getting the owl and Batrock the Leaper and all that shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's terrible. He's got such a bad freaking. That is a good warning, then. He's got a bad. Surprising to me, it's not clear they ever screened the Thunderbolt Ross murder site for semen. And my understanding is that's like the number one CSI priority. If there's a murder, like you got to you got to find that semen before you can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they find it on every crime scene. Um, so, I like uh, the Bucky yeah. drawing in here. I don't know if they changed his if he's formally changed his costume, but it seemed like the little mask and he's got a little more like the uh, superfly collars and a little Bucky esque mm-hmm. uh, uniform bit. with the with the yeah. Uh, yeah. Winter Soldier flavor. I liked it. I liked the look of that. that. That stood out to me in this book more than anything. Yeah, might have been you know an artist flourish because when we saw him yeah. like in previous issues, he did not look like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, cause I thought the book was was okay. I mean, I didn't have any real issues with it. I, you know this. I think you said when you went back to read it or whatever, it's like, yeah, you know, it seems like there's not a lot going on, but there is a lot going on in this book. And it's a a classic comic book with, yeah, yeah, plots and thought boxes. Respect a seven-part story that's not about the end of the world. Because, I mean, because we've, we've, so many of these podcasts, we've railed for that. And if we sit here and now say, this this is slow, they need to get some action. I mean, that, 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 that's what we call hypocrisy. So, 
Right. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Not, and yeah, no, and you left off the big reveal. Oh, I know. I know. You're right. Yes. Go ahead. Give it. So the I need help with addition, some of the characters. Yeah, <laughs> I had to look those up too. Um, but yeah, I was in general. I think we're you know we're it seems like we're headed back to sort of a nomad or the captain time where he's not actually Captain America, which ironically is what the 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 movies are kind of probably stuck with as well. But yeah, so Shocking. the last page. Um, uh, uh, Sharon Carter goes to some. She's got Captain America's shield, which is interesting. I wonder if she's going to start wielding that. But she goes to some portal and she uh, issues some mystic call and through the teleporter appears. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Appear the sisters, the, the daughters of Libna, the sisters of Libna, the daughters of Liberty. Daughters of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the I daughters of Liberty are Spider Woman, who like doesn't have her ass hanging out yeah. in a twist of no. fate. Uh, yeah. nice. is not bending over backwards with her tits and ass yeah. out, which is a welcome change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue Storm, which it seems like it's going to be hard to hard for her to tour with this band because she has another gig. Um, White Tiger, <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry, White Tiger is like a token character that gets stuck into lots of stories, so there's a you know an ethnic female of some sort. Um, certainly in the cartoon, that was the case. Misty Knight, big fan. Um, Misty Knight. And then Mockingbird, uh, fittingly Mockingbird. drawn in the background, was which is where she ends up in okay. every yeah. Avengers story. Right. And then Echo, who was a version of Ronan um, yeah. when Hawkeye was Ronan. Um, and then the yeah, other lady, I don't know her name, but that's the physical host of Valkyrie. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Good to know. Yeah, I, I, I had, I had Mockingbird, Spider Woman, Sue Star, Misty Knight, White Tiger, and Dot Dot Dot. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I didn't know who they were. Yeah, um, I was like, okay, sure, fine. I mean, it, it's a good reveal. And again, I, I, like you said, much like the movie, like I think Cap is about to become um, a secondary character in his own book again. Mm-hmm, again. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, how you handle that, you can still tell that story. Like, I'm perfectly fine with it. And again, we're seven issues in. We haven't destroyed the world. We haven't had to fight Doctor Doom or the Red Skull or any of those types of things. Even though those those plot points have been laid out, we still haven't had to see it. And I'm perfectly fine with that. So, yeah, I'm I good. I think I'm the, the interesting thing, too, with the story is, like, there, it's almost like, you know, when he's thrown the, the shield down in the past, it's been, like, sort of a crisis of faith. But it's almost in this case, like, he realizes that his greatest strength, like, his ability to inspire, is his greatest vulnerability, because he can be attacked as a symbol. Right. And it's almost as if he's, in his own mind, separating Steve Rogers from Captain America, and trying to figure out what he can do without exposing himself as a symbol that can be exploited very easily. So I, I think right. that's, it's a little bit different twist on some of the stories we've had in the past. Yeah, right. and, and that's a much deeper level, and again, that I think, you know, Ta-Nehisi Coates is kind of known for, you know, like he's telling comic book stories in ways that are much deeper or more layered than, you know, generally speaking, most comic book stories are. It, you know, none, no time in this book, other, well, not no time, but very rarely in this book is the answer going to be just hit it harder. 
I don't think that's ever like gonna happen. Like, it's you, you might see a little bit of the fight scene stuff, but I think it's more you know psychological, you know, kind of warfare. Even on Cap, you know, coming from the other side, they're really trying to just strip, you know strip the the idea of Captain America. Not necessarily, you know, they would care less about Steve Rogers, you know, and he even yeah, said Captain you know, of Nothing is narration. the refrain, yes. right? Yep. So yeah, it's good. All right. Thumbs up all around. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Good job. Okay. Um, we got two last books here. Um, one is Age of X-Man. Two and a half. Uh, that's the, yeah, <laughs> uh, Alpha. Age of X-Men Alpha. Uh, Brother Beavis read uh, the wrong book. Uh, <laughs> Sam and I read this one. Um, I'll, I'll make this quick because we got to get into the Uncanny X-Men book. Uh, I mean, you got to start with Extermination, I guess. Um or, or no, the oh. Uncanny X-Men books 1 through 10. Yeah, 1 through 10 where X-Man had merged with Legion and then when they pulled him apart, he did essentially no more mutants. And he created this whole world of a, a whole age of X-Man where he is like the Messiah and everybody in his world is a mutant. So all the mutants that were or allegedly most are all the mutants on Earth, they've all been transported to this kind of 1950s idyllic place where everybody's a mutant so yeah. there are no humans in that regard everybody's a mutant everybody has powers they manifest themselves in certain ways and you know this is them dealing with that there's a young girl whose powers manifest and you know everything is all goofy and so they have to go rescue her they take her to the war the, the summer school of uh yeah. of higher I'm learning or whatever and they take her there and you know train her and those types of things i mean it's it's you know, again, everybody's a mutant. There is no real enemy or whatever in the book. However, but then, um, as they're celebrating their success in doing this, and they're telling stories like, tell us about the day when everybody became a mutant, Daddy. Oh, well, that was actually terrible. You know, people were dying in the ocean, you know, because their powers manifested. <laughs> all these crazy shit. And it was like, well, actually, like, it actually wasn't that great of a day. And, um, but now everything's good, and so blah, 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 blah. So as they're celebrating their victory of finding this new lost mutant or whatever, there's a little shot of where they're leaving the room, and Bishop, who looks like Samuel L. Jackson playing uh, uh, Nick Fury, mm -hmm. but with an M on his yeah, face, um, he magically... better be careful with that. They're going to have to give him yeah. another 10-year deal. Yeah, no kidding. 10-movie yeah, deal. Better be careful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, yeah, exactly. He's switching roles. He... Um, he touches Jean Grey's hand, and I guess I probably should have listed the team. It's she. Uh, she touches it's his Magneto. <laughs> yeah, it's Magneto, Bishop, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Storm, Nature Girl. Nature Girl. It's like woo, woo. and um, <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> and she, she doesn't speak much. And um, I think that's it. Uh, X twenty three. He's like the leader. Yeah, and, and he's X man. Yeah, and um, so. They they go off to one another. Bishop, and this is where my biggest complaint was. This is where I'm in this not argument, but this debate on whatever this is of this a little bit of casual racism here. That Bishop and her are having are having a relationship. They go back to his her apartment. They smash, um, and then Bishop wakes up. You know, he's like, you know, something's wrong about this. She's like, you know, it's not wrong. He's like, no, not just like us being wrong like something's you know he's he's a he's a man lost in time you know he's got all these things so i get that part of it but then when he's like you know i gotta baby i gotta go you know i gotta get up early in the morning mm -hmm. and he goes back to his place and 
Does he, he say anything he about Liam Neeson? Does he have concerns? No, about no, Liam? <laughs> he does not. And uh, <laughs> different podcast. <laughs> and um, and he goes and he gets back to his his apartment and he's you know he's got all his guns and stuff or whatever. He gets a knock on. The, well, I don't know if they knock on the door, but then a group of mutants come in to hunt him down for having an inappropriate relationship for the third time, no less. And, yeah. you know, he gets tracked down in his apartment. I think it's by Monet, Iceman, Iceman. and Psylocke. Yeah, Psylocke, and, yeah. Yeah, it's Monet, Icelock, and, and Psylocke. They track him down. They beat him all to be damned. And then Psylocke, you know, freaking knife ices his brain or whatever. And then they send him to, J- uh, like, excommunicate him is the word that they use and send him off into another book that where it's going to talk about him being in prison or whatever. That sounds a little lynchy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shaky at best. And again, and I'm like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, the black dude. I, mean, I was like, because I was reading it, I was like, oh, Bishop and Jean? That's interesting. Because I didn't see it coming because yeah. I, was, I wasn't I was expecting it. But then when I saw it, I was like, okay, he has sex with the white lady and for three third time. And then he gets hunted down and tracked down. I'm like, was he fucking Emmett Till? Like, seriously? Yeah, seriously? Like, this is not, like, cool. Like, you can't tell these, like, types of things. Like, this is... Again, intentional or unintentional, y'all made that story. Everybody in the fucking world is a mutant. You couldn't have told that story of Bishop with somebody else? Storm? Psylocke? Anybody that wasn't white? Mm-hmm. You could have done that story, but that's not what you did. You told this on purpose, and you played on, like, that's a ra- it's a racial trope. Like, the old black man has sex with the white lady, so he's going to get his ass beat. And, well, and get plus, brain fried yeah, and, and yeah, thrown in and jail. He's, he's got the third strike because he, he's just a sexual predator, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And thrown in jail. I was like, eh, come on, man. That, that, I'm like, you know, and God bless the people that I was talking to all about this. Where they're like, well, the story, you know, if you look at him as being not as, as black and white, I'm like, that's what the story is. Like, this is a trope. This was done. You know, again, I try to give people a bit of a doubt. This seems very purposeful to me. And, um, yeah. So, uh, overall, I was expecting to hate the book a lot more than I hated it. I, I really just hated that part. I hate the idea that they have this new this world of Age of X-Men and all these little side brothers topic books. Because nothing's going to happen from this. It's all bullshit until they get back into the regular universe. So I was just like, whatever. It, that part I hate. I'm, I mean, you know, you read one of the side books there, Brother Beavis, by mistake. How was that? Um, it was, so I did, was not aware of this setting either. But it, it sort of plays up the whole, like, uh, no one's allowed to have relationships and children. And all children are just sort of spawned in a pod. But it's the same, yeah. essentially the same team. It's Magneto, Storm, who's bald, and all she's got uh, some regalia on. Let's just say X Man, Nature Girl, Woo, uh, Nightcrawler, who seems to be a movie star, X Twenty Three, Colossus, who only has one arm, and Jean Grey. Uh, but yeah, there's so everything. Everyone loves the X Men. Nobody ever gets hurt. They fight a forest fire, save a bunch of animals. But X Twenty Three has this flashback because. I didn't write it. I'm just I'm just reporting it. Uh, no, uh, X23 has a flashback because they're saving these kids from the uh, the the pod the pod room or whatever, and she has this flashback about having a clone child or a clone sister, mm. which is ridiculous. There's no way that would ever happen. Mm. Um, mm. And then so X Man talks to her about it, and he like shuts her mind down. Well, he like shuts her down 
so it seems like this is probably an alternate reality of the creating of X-Man. Um, but Jean Grey gets these messages from these uh, from a resistance, and she only gets a few names, which is N. Sabanur, Genesis, and Kitty Pride. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Apocalypse and Kitty Pride are the villains yeah. or the heroes in this story. Uh, and I don't even know who Genesis is, but if it's just Apocalypse and Kitty Pride, that's yeah, not really uh, a story you, I'm interested in. Yeah, just yeah, it's just. Uh, <laughs> Again, the idea if they had told this story while not continually telling the other story, like I know they're going to blend them together because we're going to roll into X, Uncanny X-Men 11 here. Like I get the idea, but like we know eventually that this is going to, I mean, what what do you give it? Five issues? I don't even give it that long before they're back well, in the Uncanny books. Marvelous so, is one of five. So yeah. I think there's oh, no, there's no, no. probably six issues and they're one they're five each. So it's sort of Age of Apocalypse in that regard. Yeah, right. but I'm saying that Uncanny, but in th- five months, in three months or two months, in Uncanny X Men thirteen or fourteen, they will long be back into the universe before those books end. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whatever yeah. continuity or story that was going to happen is not going to bleed into the X Men books because they won't. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. Just the idea of another universe does not make me happy. Uh, that's basically it. Um, yeah, and Bishop getting freaking uh, thrown into jail—that was that had well, yeah, that took me over the head yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that was kind of like what the fuck. It was is. It is. A, yeah, it's a bad. It's a bad take, and I. I it is what it is. I'm done bitching about it. All right. Let's get into the main book of the night, which is Uncanny X-Men $8. I mean, 11. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to bring up a point on the cover. So I think this is interesting because we've seen all these teams that they've tried to form, and it always has gold balls or the equivalent of gold balls on it. But the team, that, the team they've depicted here is there's 10 of them. Storm, Gambit, Wolverine, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Colossus, Beast, Nightcrawler, Psylocke, and Rogue. There's ten of them. Is that that could be the top ten X Men? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you? Okay. I mean, I. Yeah. I mean, that. that you, so, yeah. so the the idea that they've they've at least said like, hey, you know, here is of of all these other characters we've saddled you with. Um, you know, this is these are the ones. These are the most important ones. The ones that, if someone mm. was sifting through those remains of Xavier Institute, that would be on their yeah. mind. I think that that's yeah. a pretty solid top ten. No, and I, I'd agree with that. And something that we've talked about of ad nauseum, probably on this podcast, is you, you need to focus on those. We're, again, no more gle- gle- gleep gold balls. Um, <laughs> exoskeleton all those people need to just go away nobody cares about them y'all been trying to force them down our throats for many years now and nobody cares so just let that shit die um so uncanny x-men 11 eight dollars is um actually pretty good going into it um after the end it does do something and we'll talk about it in the back of the front end and then we'll go through the book about um, it does give you the $9 or whatever, but it also gives you these extra pages, kind of like um, any other double size issue where you don't care. But what they did is that they told the story from three different perspectives. 
uh, from many of the characters that are in the book. The main perspective and the major part of the book is from Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops is back. He's alive, as we kind of reviewed that in X-Men Annual, uh, the last podcast. And um, he's trying to figure out, you know, waiting for him to, you know, get some... Uh, what's that beautiful mind stuff and start drawing it on the walls and try to figure out what these people and <laughs> the rest of the mutants are. Uh, but uh, he's trying to figure it out. Of course, he's in a coffee shop. He gets served by a redhead, of course. And um, there's some kids out there defacing mutant property. And then he gets into a fight with jobbers. And unlike Daredevil, um, he wins. He, don't he doesn't around. get his ass beat. Right. No, he doesn't. He does not mess around with them. He's like, don't make me get them. my powers out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. y'all ask my bare hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He t- and he and then after it's over, uh, he gets approached. Have y'all heard of this character before? What's her no. name? Who's Ruth Blindspot. Whatever Ruth her Blindfold. name is. Blindfold. Blindfold. Uh, yeah, I was like, who is this? Negatory. Okay. Yeah, yeah Google couldn't she- help me with that one. <laughs> yeah, you put blue blindfold into Google, but that's some different links. Like, oh, it, just, it kept coming back, bitch. For. Please, we can't keep track of this shit either. Like, okay, Google, my bad. But if you'd like to donate two dollars, uh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> we strive to make Wikipedia ad free. Up, like, can I not get this pop up to come up every time I get on here? Uh, so yeah, she says the X Men are all dead, um, and her powers allows her to see things, and they're all dead. So stop this, you know, people. goose chase. Uh, then Cyclops is like, "All right, forget that. I'm gonna go see Ben Urich. Uh, you know, he used to do a lot of writing about the superheroes or whatever, and certainly he could help. But every time I see Ben Urich, one, I'm like, oh, he's white, and two, Karen <laughs> Page didn't kill him. Karen Page didn't lead him to his death." <laughs> I, I I'd like to also say that the hoodie and hat look is not a good one for Cyclops. Say what? The hoodie and hat look. He's got like a hat oh, on yeah. with the yeah. brim all rolled up and then a hoodie on top of it. Yeah, not, well, not like you it. know, he's yeah, it's um, he's trying to connect with his inner younger self, I guess. I don't know. Uh, he can't find. I thought, find we, the I thought we spent. Ten years divesting ourselves of his younger self. I don't need to go there. Yeah, this is also true. Uh, well, and I'm Ben Urich is now with the Daily Bugle. That was the other thing, right? I'm assuming he was not oh. with the yeah, because he was in Hell's Kitchen, not Manhattan. He's all bougie now. Nice. And, uh, moving on up, moving on up. Um, he's yeah. He's he, like, I had to go to the Daily Bugle. They hired they hired a uh, a black dude to work at the other. Yeah. <laughs> With my with same name, so it was yeah, confusing exactly. for everybody. Uh, so Cyclops wants help finding these mutants. Jamie Madrox showed up, who has been essentially the star of this damn book, uh, really from mm-hmm. the beginning, uh, from this relaunch. And he's like, you know, all the mutants are either dead, underground, or uh, gone. And he's like, well, oh, there's underground mutants? So Cyclops is like, all right, I'm going to the underground. I mean, it, it moves but rather briskly because as yeah. I'm reading it, I'm like, why do I have so many pages left? What the hell? It's back here. Yeah. Hostess ads? Because I, I just, <laughs> why there's so many pages, man? I'm losing it. And so I'm like, The oh, funny so thing is, like, oh, there's, there's, uh, there's underground mutants. And the first one he meets is like, you should know that one. Y'all had a cartoon <laughs> together. She tried to marry your ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and your name is? 
Um, <laughs> so he he heads to the t- Morlock tunnels. He meets up with Callisto. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, so um, you know, essentially she was like, well, where were you when all my people got dragged away? You weren't around. Your X Men weren't around. I like Cyclops and Lion. Like I was dead. So you can't blame that shit on me. Fuck that. <laughs> well played, Summers. Well played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was dead. What like, I was dead. You can't. Yeah, no defense <laughs> for that. Uh, so uh, him and uh, Chamber is now living in the Morlock tunnels as well, and him and Callisto are boo things. My first thought was like, okay, last time I looked, he was a teenager. And she was a spinster. Um, I don't know that that matches up age wise. I mean, get your, you know, get that dick, Callisto. But um, <laughs> I don't know that that matches up because he was a Generation X person and as a teenager, and you have not been a teenager in any representation I, in any X book in forty plus years. So Marvel time aside, I would guess that if we looked up when Generation X came out, we would instantly feel a lot older than we are. Okay, if you say so. He's British. They age different. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, it's more mature. That's why that's common misconception is that he covers up the bottom half of his mouth, which is blown up. But it's just it's just British teeth that he's trying to cover. Up. <laughs> so. A big book of British smiles. All right, so um, yeah, so they're lovers, and he tells he tells Cyclops, excuse me, just piss off. You know, you, I, you I actually, oh, I I scan. I didn't pick up on that. I thought he was just calling her love in sort of a general, not at all me anti me too movement way. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, he called her love. Like, yeah, he would have called her mate or whatever they call each other over there. That's true. Like, but yeah, it would have been mate. That would have had different connotations, too. Anyway, all right. So, anyway, uh, back at the, the destroyed mansions, uh, Cyclops meets up with Jamie again. Uh, he brings him the address for the blindfolded woman. He's like, all right, you know, she's been trying to stay away. Cyclops go there. Of course, she's dead, uh, buried in the, to- in, the, in, in the toilet. I, I, my note says dead Whitney Houston style. That's terrible. I'm going to hell for that. I, um, I, it's and, more like the It movie. That's more like that's how I took yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, written on the walls, it says this is forever. Uh, and then there's a mutant agenda rally, or the future, the future is humans rally. Excuse me. And then tell me what y'all thought about this. I'm like, they're about to turn Cyclops healed again. He's been here for twelve yeah. ages, and they're yeah. about to turn him healed. Did you think that too? He hasn't really changed his tactics. Yeah. Yeah, I He's didn't like, think yeah, I'm about to go be a symbol for mutants. Yeah, Sam, like, y'all you killed think? all my people. I did get Everybody's nervous. Everybody's gone. Sam, did you think that too? Um, I didn't read this. <laughs> I think I missed this book. Oh, okay. All right. No, I was <laughs> wondering why yeah, so you were so quiet. Yeah, I, okay, I, that's I'm why. Just listening. I had no idea what was going on. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Although, okay. I will well, say, got... like, you know, when he came back, they didn't. They didn't make the play to say, "Oh, that was all a swerve, and this is the Cyclops you know and love." They right. didn't. They didn't undo anything he ever did. Um, they did sort of give him a little bit of an out and say that Emma had manipulated him to a degree, but they really didn't undo the things he did. So from that perspective, you know, you can see why he's still kind of hard. Um, 
and we took on these you know whenever he sees mutants get put down like he rises up and i think maybe and maybe he thought that this that like this there, this was an opportunity for some form of nonviolent protest but they turned on him in a second hmm. yeah exactly you know, he asked a question at the rally, like, what about all the non-mutants? They're beat-up mutants. Pow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, nigger lover! And he gave me that beat. <laughs> and basically what it was, <laughs> they knock his glasses off, beans start flying all over the place, and then their cap jumps in, and then they have this debate. You that know, was random. They, yeah, they, well, yeah. But and again, what's continuity, by the way, too? And um, they have this little discussion because they really were the two leads in Avengers versus X Men, yeah. and they had these philosophical battles all this time. And Cyclops calls him on his bullshit, like you're never around when we need you. Like you know, well, we tried to do. No, you didn't try anything. Like everybody's gone and dead, and what y'all didn't do anything. Like I don't understand how you're trying to say that. And I'm like, they're about to turn him heel. All this bringing him back was for nothing. And everybody's going to hate him again. And, you know, they kind of get out of that. And he's like, oh, he turns to the camera. You know, he cuts a promo. <laughs> so wrestling term. And um, he's like, you know, hey, uh, if you're listening out there, this is the American dream, the Cyclops. Um, <laughs> and he's like, uh, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay. So, um. If I'm Paul gonna, Jones, from, build that yeah, army, baby. Build that army, right baby. All right now. Right I'm right going to be back. I'm going to be. I'm going to be back at two two days from now. I'm going to be back at the place where this all started. And if you want to come back, uh, if you're a mutant out there, come. You know, come holler at me. And he goes back there. You cut away for two days. He goes there, and then all like the mutant jobbers show up. I was like, who the hell is? I was like, oh, the Reavers. The purifiers. Like, wow, who the yeah. hell? The I was like, oh, in retrospect, that was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, the Sapien League. I'm like, who, what? In the, who? Um, wow. I'm like, all right. And so they all come after him, and he starts, you know, they're all jobbers, but there's just a lot of them. He starts taking them out, and then when they finally, like, get the knock on him, you know, like, oh, he's not alone. What? Who's that? A rustling in the trees. And then Wolverine comes out, and back to back. And they start fighting each other. Oh, God, Wait, so in that. so yeah. first of all, he ain't alone. And then it's like the biggest snicked in the world. But I would like to draw yeah. your attention to in that snicked <laughs> picture. Look at the yeah. dude in the bottom right corner. Did he just like? Uh, he might have yeah. nutted in his little in his yeah. little anti mutant outfit. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, look at his face. <laughs> Well, they go back to back, and they start cutting down all these jobbers. And, um, you know, essentially they take them all out, and it's like, uh, Slim, Logan, all right, now that we've caught up, we got work to do. And then they take take off to go do whatever the hell they're going to do. Uh, again, how Logan got back, which Logan is this? We read that Return to Wolverine for a couple of issues. I didn't know what the hell was going on in there. We read a couple of those books where they were trying to bring him back for something else, and there was all these side issues with Daredevil and all these people searching for him. We don't know what the hell is going on. They riff on that in the bonus pages, actually. Yeah, I did see that one in the yeah the third. I just it whatever, man. Yeah, and then the bonus pages tell the story. So, what do how do you feel up to this point? 
at this point, I was fine. I was okay with it. You know, it had a good, it had a good start an idea, and then it ended strong. You know, I didn't yeah. like them cutting down jobbers, but that was fine with it. Like, I'm like, okay, this is actually decent. Again, my biggest issue is the the monetary value of this particular book yeah. because of what you get on the back half of it. Like, it's just yeah. the idea of telling the story from two different other perspectives is cool. But go ahead, you can lay out what you said before we started recording. Yeah, well, I was gonna, just going to say, like, without Jean Grey in the mix, I think I would read a lot of of Cyclops and Wolverine stories. I mean, I, yeah. they, they, when they've reached the point of this begrudging respect for each other, and they are, you know, they they complement each other and they can do a lot, and one of them is not trying to fuck the other's girlfriend the entire time, I would read that book <laughs> sure. for a while. So they don't even really need to add people as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. Yep. The 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 thing that we've we've complained about in a lot of these eight and nine dollar relaunch books is they justify the cost by putting a ton of garbage on the back end. And so the thing that I think is different with this one at least is the structure of it is basically they take uh, so all these characters that are seemingly dropped into the story without notice or drop out of the story without notice they tell their story in the back pages the art is generally awful but the fact that they actually like filled in some of the blanks with the story is a better use of the back half of a bloated book i still don't want to pay seven eight nine dollars for it but i'd rather have this than some of the other stuff which is just a bunch of completely random and poorly produced stories tacked on the end for no reason. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. Uh, you know, yeah, I kind of wonder why. I mean, not wonder why. The story and he, uh, you know, they do play up the, you know, I don't even know which Wolverine you are, I think is what multiple man. Are you guys still there? Did what now? Right. I think I lost everybody. You're getting tarde here. I don't know what's going right. Yeah, so you're, you're, yeah your um, mic is kind of So, yeah, garbled. it's basically Wolverine. Uh, his story, how he crosses over Callisto. They get back to Ruth Blindfold. And they... Uh, let's see. What else? Yeah. They, readjust they your mic. Readjust your mic. Captain you. America comes into the story. And Black Widow and, and Winter Soldier are there. So that happens. Know. And then they play the last scene from Wolverine's perspective. So, yeah, it was not a complete waste. But at this point, I think I've lost the rest of the team. And this will probably all be edited out. Hey, can you hear us? Beavis, can you hear us? Brother Beavis, can you hear us? He can't hear us. I don't think he can hear us. Oh, man. Hold on. (sighs) Oh, I think I found out what happened. My headphones pulled out of my phone. Oh, okay. Oh, there you yeah, go. We could, well, yeah, because we were getting garbled. Your, we hear you. your exposition there. Yeah, you were garbled. That's okay. So like, I, I think I, I was recording, but um, yeah, I was like, "You guys there?" Yeah, it was hard for us yeah, to hear you. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's okay. But I kind of recap that. I may take this out and post. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah, you probably want to cut that out. So I think the last thing I was talking about was how the structure. I was talking about the structure of the book. And so mm-hmm. that I prefer that they add, like, they fill in extra parts of the story that I don't want to pay for, but at yeah. least it has some purpose other than just random poorly produced stories tacked on the end. And then just mm-hmm. that they go through, like, 
Ruth Blindfold and Wolverine and Captain America and Multiple Man's perspectives on all these stories. So yeah. that was it. I mean, you, again, you I th- probably got some producing to do there on the back end, producer. It's all good. Yeah, I got you. Uh, it's it's all good. I, I, more than anything, like I said, I just I know that they had to tell this story to get to this age of X Men stuff. Um, I get that part, and they tried to tell it quick because that book came out every day for or every week for two months, two plus months. Like I get that all that, but really, I think people's biggest interest is that had you started this book somewhere at the end of extermination, um, I think people would have been more interested in it. Like, you know, like, you yeah, that's asking people to buy a whole bunch of books ahead of, like, this new relaunch or whatever. That's I mean, You know what I mean? Like, that's asking a lot. And Too I much. just don't, you know, people care about these. Yeah, these people care about these characters. They don't give us about the other ones. And so, you know, like you said, like, you know, seeing Wolverine and Cyclops go on, you know, uh, whatever mission that they're about to go on together for a couple of issues. Yeah, I think that would be really awesome to see. You know, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm down with that, you know, but now we're back to a monthly schedule and whatever momentum that you're going to have. And you got this other age of whatever world hanging out there. You know, what's, you know, who's who knows what the hell is going to happen, I guess, you know, between issues now. I just. I don't know, but judging the book on in and of itself without taking all the other accounts in it, I'm way thumbs up. I enjoyed the hell out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. I like seeing Wolverine and Cyclops together. I liked how it got to that particular point, you know. Cap's run-in was random, but it, it is what it is. But yeah, overall, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thumbs up. you thumbs up, Brother Beaver. Oh, yeah, yep. Okay. Just, just not $8 thumb up. No, not $8 up, though. Yeah, and again... As much as we kind of, I mean, I don't know. Well, I guess we shit on it a little bit. As much as we shit on, um, uh, what's that shit called? Um, extermination. Mm. Like the bringing Cyclops back. Like it, you know, it, it is plausible and it made sense. You know, like I mean, I'm not like re- looking at it every once and it's like, man, this is so dope. You know what I mean? Like it made sense. I'm okay with it at this point. But I just, I don't know. I just. I'm not very patient with these X-Men books at this point because they haven't given anything for me to trust it. I'm going to try to give it a little bit more trust only in the sense that, you know, this is the first time that they've been under the Disney umbrella in that regard so they can create new characters and all this other stuff now. I don't know if Nature Girl woo, was a brand new character, <laughs> but uh, I'd never seen her before. I assume and, uh, that's how they're, that's how the whole thing is going to unravel. I assume she was just put in for this as a wedge and that's how mm. the, the whole story is going to hinge on her in some way. Right. Now, nah, it'll go back to Bishop and his time, his, his time displacement crap mm. of some sort. Like, it'll be his fault, you know, and then he'll come back and he can never hook up with white girls again. It'll be something ridiculous. Yeah. And <laughs> just, uh, they're going to get him somehow. Terrible. Poor Bishop, man. Terrible. They run that poor man into the ground. So, okay. Yeah. All right, so that concludes the Marvel Hacks season, what, I keep saying four, episode five. No, season five, episode four. Uh, remember to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Rate, review, subscribe, especially on the rate and review part. Really helps us out. Uh, Brothers Comics News. Uh, I don't know. I'm basically <laughs> it. Uh, not a whole like it. No, we got South Carolina Comic Con. Uh, somewhere in the, in March, I think in the middle of March. Uh, Big Hotch and Female Perspective will be heading over to that. I got uh, Comic Con. Not Comic Con. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Revolution. Comic-Con Revolution, yes, in West Palm Beach. 
uh, at the beginning of March. Um, looking forward to that. Chris Claremont's going to be there, so I'm definitely going to go and film his panel. Uh, that'll take hours. <laughs> and um, yeah, you don't shut up. Yeah, that's 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 it. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm pretty excited about that. Ming Chen is going to be there. I, I talked to him last year at this. You know, uh, he's a really cool dude. You know, I, I, I've shared this. Same man's around when I've done it before. Like when I'm at these cons, especially the ones that don't serve alcohol, <laughs> um, I'm very nervous to bother these people. Like I really am. Like it just seems so. Uh, you know, it just seems weird, you know, to kind of be like, hey, you know, and even with a big old badge that says media on it, it just feels weird to go up to them and be like, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you for a couple minutes about whatever it is you're promoting or blah, 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 because it just feels weird. I'm not a natural extrovert or whatever. And so as I'm walking around, it was the first year of their con or whatever, I'm walking past the table and like, I know who Ming Chen is. I don't watch, I didn't watch comic book men or anything like that, but you know, I've known him since you know, uh, moviepoopshoot.com, you know, like I've known him, for, I've known of him forever, you know, and so I'm like walking past the table and he just, I mean, he just grabbed me and chatted me up. He was like, hey, man, come on, man, let's film this shit. And I was like, um, okay, great, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, he gave me like five minutes or whatever and it was just awesome, you know, it was just a real cool dude or whatever, so I'm definitely probably going to get a chance to talk to him again. Um, I'd like to get Claremont one-on-one, but I don't know if that's even doable, but uh, yeah, so yeah. that would be a good one. Uh, Brother Beavis, uh, Hutch and Female Perspective are going to um, South Carolina Comic Con. Double A Arn Anderson is going to be there. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, y'all um, really curious as to what a, a selfie with Double A holding up the, you know, the four horsemen signal would be worth. <laughs> because wow. um, that would be worth something. <laughs> in the lexicon you know, of all the crap that we've done, that would definitely for, be worth something. I think in general, uh, your brother is not likely to spend money on anything in general. But yeah. I feel like he would pay almost any amount of money to be throwing up the, the, the Four Horsemen symbol with a member of the Four Horsemen. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I'd agree with that too. You know, I know if it was Nate... I know he'd do it. Oh, like, I know for a fact. There's no doubt in my mind if it was Nate, he would do it. But uh, I was like, ooh, hard Anderson. <laughs> That's really hard. I think Animal's going to be there as well. I saw it. I oh, saw wow. the list, right? I was like, wow, they're doing it up tough for the wrestlers. So, yeah. So, anyway. But, yeah, that's about it. Uh, yeah, good job, fellas. I can hit you with a, a late question tonight. We ran long tonight because we had crappy books. Um, or a couple ones, yeah. uh, crappy books, so we're good. All right, and I will edit out some of that other stuff, so we're good. <laughs> All right, so as the X-Men, the animated series, starts to play us out, uh, remember you'll be able to find me, the producer, on uh, SoundCloud, not SoundCloud, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Brothers Comics, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-C-O-M-I-C-S. I'll be able to find Sandman on Facebook at Sandman415. Brother Beaver is in the ether. I do I tell you, Brother Beavers, when we did the uh, Blackity Black podcast last week with Hutch, I kept referring to him as you. Yeah. I was like, it's February. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't, I, you know, I was just getting confused or whatever, dude. It's He's used to throwing it to Brother Beavers. Yep, so it's that time of the year, so yeah, it was too funny. <laughs> Alright, so as the X-Men animated series starts to play us out, I am the producer. Go ahead and sign off. Uh, Brother Beavis, yeah, you get to go first. Hey, I'll see you guys in a week. Alright, hopefully. Alright, <laughs> Sam man, go ahead and sign off. From my palatial view in the back of the bus, I say so long, everybody. <laughs>
All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace out. See you.